Everyone's been pressed. <laughs> We're live, man. We're live. Good morning, Sun Valley. Welcome to the Voice of the Valley. I'm Jeremy Pinch, and I have a conflict of interest because I have my brother, Chris Pinch, Hi. doing the podcast, and Luke Vickers. He's made his appearance. Yep. It's good to be here, guys. <laughs> Hi, brother. Rick. Or Rick, Luke. <laughs> Luke has um, not been wanting to do this podcast, and so I I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> but he's here. He's here. Yeah, it's good to see you guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, good to see you too. Yeah. Well, we're talking about we're talking about God's faithfulness to the church over the last twenty years. We've been doing that in the last couple of weeks. Uh, we're going to continue that discussion today with you two as we think about uh, what it was like, talk about uh, what it was like growing up at Sun Valley Church. Um, yeah, it'll be good. It will be, yeah. <laughs> hopefully it encourages someone. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Uh. Uh, but yes, all three of us uh, grew up going to Sun Valley Church. All mm-hmm. three of us grew up going to Riverside Christian. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you know, all three of us have very different experiences in that regard. Uh, so why don't you help the people of Sun Valley understand what life was like um, for you? What were some maybe some particular challenges going to Riverside? What were some particular challenges? Uh, growing up in some of like church, I mean, what was, you know, when we were when we were called uh, by God uh, into His fold? What I mean, what what was it like for you guys, you know, growing up at some Valley church? Um, yeah, go ahead. Well, let Chris go because he's older. Uh, <laughs> respect your elders. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, yeah, I mean, as you said, growing up in Sun Valley and, you know, even before that, obviously, in Westside. Um, and a lot of uh, a lot of fond memories as a little one running around in the church. And um, I think the, the whenever I think back of my time, youth in the church, I just I immediately think of small group nights as a little kid running around when mom and dad were doing How their thing. How little were you, Chris? <laughs> Well, little enough. So uh, when Sun Valley was first planted, I was 12 when Sun Valley first was planted. So years before that of being a little one in the in the small group nights uh, was just, you know, everything you can imagine. And we're witnessing now with the little ones. So um, to see that faithfulness of the parents and stuff has, has stuck with me for sure. And then uh, so being 12 when Sun Valley was planted, I was you know, preteen and not very interested Mm in a church plant or whatever, mother church or any of that stuff. So I was just going where mom and dad told us to. I was excited though to move Mm -hmm. because at Westside, we, you know, we went, I went to school at Westside too. I think we all did, but so we were going to school five days a week at Westside and then back to church on Sunday, all in the same building. So I was pumped for the, for the Mm -hmm. change. Yeah. 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 Right on. Um, so yeah, going to Sun Valley, we came, I want to say a couple of years after the church plant. Mm-hmm. I was stoked because Dave and Dan, my good buddies at the time that also went to Riverside, um, they were there. So I was like, sweet, we get to get away from this church where I don't have friends 
and go where I have close friends. Um, so I was, I was stoked for it. Um, and growing up in the church, it's, it's been good. It was better than what we were at before. My parents were kind of going through, I don't know, some theological issues with where we were at. We were at a Nazarene church, so they were starting to kind of wrestle with where they were going to have their kids and where they were going to listen to uh, proper preaching, I guess you could say. And so we moved over to Sun Valley and that was it. Like we didn't, they were going to try other churches, but then they heard Sun Valley and they were like, we're done. We're going to stay here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been really good. Um, and yeah, I've, so I've been here since what? Fifth, sixth grade. Okay. Something like that. Now you saying 12 makes me think. Well, I did some mental math of it's, we're 20, you know, 20th anniversary. We're in the year 23. Yeah. Okay. Did, did subtract my age there, guys. You can yeah. figure it out. But yeah, 12. But I was in middle elementary school. school. Yeah. So that makes sense because you're what, six years older than I am. So I think so. Yeah, that checks out. Yeah. So yeah, I was stoked to come here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was too. I mean, we had, you know, in our in our West Side days, uh, I was happy about it as long as all of our, you know, friends were coming along or whatever. And that was back when we were running with the Schuberts and... Yeah, um, and and all those those guys, and so um, I think kind of the main friend group or whatever for the most part, leaving behind some friends at West Side, but um, there was a good chunk coming. So I kind of was not that I had to say, but I was a little bit more on board with with that. Um, yeah. But you know, in terms of in terms of real memories or mm-hmm. or whatnot as a youth, it was definitely just the the youth group nights and small group nights uh and to see you know that alive and well 20 years later is is certainly encouraging and uh doesn't take much of a memory to get to get back into those yeah those times so yeah yeah i was talking to rick lyon who was the youth pastor when we were around running around and i remember going to one youth group event the whole time i was at you know Mm -hmm. that age and uh, he was thankful for that. So, <laughs> just one, just, just one. the yeah. one event. Yeah, just the one God, time. One event with Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, guys, what 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 were some of those? Um, you know, what were some of the hardships? What were some of the hurdles? You know, growing up in Christian homes, or you know, going to the ch- going to church, or some you know particular struggles that that you noticed. Um, when you were when you were growing up here at the church or some of the things that you may have wrestled through theologically or spiritually or you know what did you notice in your own in your own life during that time i guess i'll take the first you on look this like one you have now, a long Chris, list yeah. of struggles over there. Um, <laughs> yeah i've just had such a tough life um so i would say just growing up in the church and going to christian school uh, you struggle with legalism right you yeah. struggle with following the rules and cause that's what you learn early on is like, Hey, I'm supposed to act this way. Um, so I would say that's still something you struggle with as an older believer. Cause there's no, there's no one moment for me where I was like, now I'm a Christian. Hmm. Now I, I know there's not that. I mean, there is the coming to Jesus moment, right? At some point the spirit came along and saved me, regenerated my heart. I came to faith. 
Um, but there's no one moment where I'm like, that was it. Because mm-hmm. that was pretty much all of our upbringing was, hey, come to Jesus now. Mm-hmm. So you were constantly kind of making those professions or maybe saying like, hey, maybe this is the time I'm saved. Mm-hmm. Um, but at some point along the way, God saved me. Um, but you still struggle with the legalistic aspect of it. Um, and you struggle with kind of putting on that front of being the good person because you grew up in the faith, uh, or at least that's my experience. I sure. can't speak for you guys. Um, yeah, that's so, definitely yeah. your experience. Yeah. <laughs> so I've, I've tried to be the, the good person, yeah. quote unquote. Um, so that's kind of a challenge I still struggle with and putting on that front of being the good person, even though obviously I'm not hmm. perfect. I'm not like I have a, I have a sinful heart, yeah. um, but God has saved me. So praise God for that. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Yeah. I would, that was where I was going to, uh, I think that's a natural struggle for, for all of us. Um, and then maybe even more particularly a struggle for those that have grown up in the church and gone to a Christian school their whole life and, uh, have kind of lived in that, in that yeah. circle, that bubble, if you will. So yeah, I would, I would echo that same thing that, uh, I kind of had this false hope in that if I just didn't do that, then, you know, then I must be good kind of thing. Cause we were certainly involved with sports growing up pretty heavily. And, um, most of our, you know, youth days were friends and families outside of the church and AAU or whatever it was. And, so you kind of constantly have opportunities to compare yourself against another fallen person. Looks pretty good if it's somebody yeah. that's not in the church. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> you know, they're, if they're doing that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, then it's easier. So, so yeah, that, that was certainly what I struggled with was um, knowing right from wrong. You know, I've heard it plenty of times growing up and, um, and, so if you just don't do this wrong thing, or if you do do this good thing, then mm-hmm. that must uh, equal something or mean... A lot of doo-doos. Mean, mean yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of doo-doos. So I think that... And that's something that I still struggle with today, you know, as an adult, mm-hmm. is it's very easy for me to fall back into that um, legalism mindset uh, and comparing myself to, you know, either somebody else or even my past self or whatever it is yeah. without without seeing and focusing, you know, fully on Christ. So I think that, that, you know, legalism battle has constantly been there and, you know, something that we're, we're fighting against today still. Um, but there's, there's certainly a ton of positives of growing up in the church and going to a Christian school as well. So I think that helped, you know, the, on the positive side of things, it gave, um, you know, that, that right from wrong. You constantly had people, um, talking to you and getting into your business and, um, asking you tough questions and questions you didn't want to necessarily answer or talk about all the time. But I certainly am thankful for those times and knowing that people were caring and loving and, and, uh, certainly helped kind of use the, uh, bowling alley bumper analogy. Mm-hmm. Um, in that I had people in my life, I was going to church regularly and going to Christian school and it kind of helped keep me within those bumpers, but I certainly wasn't 
saved until later on. Yeah. Yeah. So what, I mean, you guys both graduated and moved on, you know, Chris, you went to Spokane and California and Luke, you went to Seattle. Um, your time in those places, you know, how was God providentially working during your time as you were in school to, you know, bring him to yourself? Luke, I, I don't know when, when you felt like the Lord actually called you. Um, but you know, what were some of the things that God used during those times to, to kind of help you? you know, draw, draw, draw you to himself or to, you know, help solidify your faith, grow your faith, um, and whatnot. So I think going off on your own, just, it grows you up. Like before then I was at home the entire time. Uh, I went to community college before that. So I only went away for a few years. Mm -hmm. Um, but even in those few years, like your faith has to become your own. Otherwise you're not going to church. You're not uh, doing the things you're supposed to do. So you make some mistakes and you make some some progress or you, I guess, fall flat and show that you're not a Christian at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I was going to church over there. Uh, I was going to a, I guess I wouldn't say a church like I grew up in. Uh, we found a church through, I think, the Whittlesees because Shana had gone to UW previously and she found a church. So I started off there. Um, but then through, I don't know, the teaching of Sun Valley. So that was a blessing. Um, I knew that certain things were okay and certain things were not okay. Um, and they hired on a, a female pastor there. And I kind of got like a, hmm, I don't know if that's necessarily biblical. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she preached a few times in a row and I was like, pretty sure that's not biblical (laughs) like and again like i'd gone through all this teaching Mm -hmm. all of riverside and i didn't like know scripturally necessarily that that was right sure during i don't know school and stuff i wasn't super into it (laughs) you know seriously Uh, yeah believe it or not uh i just had a hunch i was like "Mm -hmm." (laughs) she's not supposed to be up there um, so then I remember Rick talking about nine marks churches and mm-hmm. trying to find a church, um, on my own. And I found a church that was a nine marks church that was really close by. So I'd walk to that every Sunday mm. and it was expository preaching. It was good, uh, music. It wasn't just like Hillsong stuff, uh, which isn't bad per se, but it was a lot more rich theologically. Um, so going to that church was, was a true blessing and, and yeah, just learning how to be on your own, learning your faith on your own, as opposed to just being your parents' faith. Um, yeah. So yeah, that grew me a lot as I went over to Seattle. Yeah. 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 Chris? <laughs> <laughs> you don't preface at all? Yeah. Or, or and now Chris. <laughs> um. Very similar uh, in that I graduated high school and I think I left the next week kind of thing um, off to Spokane and was very ready to be on my own and make my own decisions and my own bedtimes and all that stuff. So I was very... That's what's important. That's what's important. I can eat dinner when I want. Eat candy. (laughs) Whenever I want. (laughs) 
Yeah, and I still can, guys. <laughs> like, I still can That's do that. That's the best part of adulting. <laughs> I'm shocked by it, actually. Uh, but no, I left, um, yeah, right out of high school and was in Spokane at a community college. So that was my first look at um, secular school. You know, I was Christian school K through 12 and then went to a public community college and... Um, that was a little bit shocking to me, uh, just to have a total absence of anything, you know, really, mm-hmm. uh, I can't say right or wrong cause there is right or wrong, but just to have a total absence of, of God in any picture, conversation, classroom, anything like that was a little bit, um, surprising, different. Um, and I struggled to find a, you know, a, a good church in my own, you know, wanderings. I struggled to find a church, uh, in Spokane. Um, we would go, uh, sporadically, um, life center. We had cousins in Spokane that were going to life center. So we would go with them. And that was kind of an easy way to take maybe a college friend or something Mm -hmm. at a, at a bigger, bigger church there. And so that's where we would go. Um, and then I got more so connected when I moved down to California and I was going to a Christian school for my final two years. And that really helped as I was getting older and maturing and seeing some of my teammates and classmates and friends, um, maturing and getting older and becoming of age and having their own faith and their own, um, you know, desire to go to church on their own and, and, and all that stuff. So that really helped develop me in my, in my college years of trying to figure out a way and trying to figure out what, faith looks like and what being a Christian looks like. Um, and so I, I, I can remember the moment where I was, you know, called or the Holy Spirit pricked me or whatever. And that was, it was at Sun Valley before I graduated, uh, when John was going through his, um, sermon on Romans. And so we had made it all the way to Romans 12. So however many years we were in that, when he was Just like 20, something like that. It <laughs> yeah. feels like it. We're finishing now. Come yeah. up, believe it or not, we made it all the way through Romans to yeah. 12. And at that time I was just about ready to graduate high school. I was just about to go on my own and was so excited. So I was kind of thinking on, you know, how I was going to navigate the world and kind of make my own decisions and this big, big world of, you know, ideologies of what I kind of was like interested in like traveling and backpacking kind of thing. And, so whatever that minimalism type thing is and just kind of see what else is out there and uh, reading a lot of books and just really excited to move out and do my own thing. And then John gets up there and preaches on Romans 12, 1 and 2 about do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. And so uh, in that moment on that Sunday, I was trying to figure it out. I was going to go do my own thing and make my own decisions. And God said, no, 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 we're going to, you're going to be renewed and transformed, not conformed. And so that really stuck with me as just as I was about to venture off. And then, um, that was kind of my first aha moment of something's off here. You know, here I am trying to conform and the Holy Spirit punched me in my kidney on that Sunday. And then after, you know, after college and and going and making my own decisions and, dating, you know, my now wife, Jill, seriously. Um, that was when we both kind of, uh, sat down and, and, and got serious. And, um, John helped me navigated, um, throughout that whole time after I graduated high school, I didn't move back for, you know, another 
10 or 12 years or something. So, um, I was gone from 2008 to 2018 when I first moved back. So we moved back five years ago now. And for those 10 years, I was constantly bouncing things off of John. Hey, I'm in this sermon. I'm in this church here. We were in Salem and California and Spokane and all these different places. And John, I heard this sermon. Not doesn't feel right. You mind taking a look at it? And so he would always, you know, bounce back off. So it felt like I didn't ever really leave Sun Valley to be, you know, gone forever. But we were gone. For, I was gone for a decade, 10 years outside of the church of Sun Valley. Um, but a lot of growth and maturity and figuring out, you know, my own faith and what salvation looks like for me personally and not just my parents or my siblings or, you know, that kind of deal. Yeah. So, you know, when you guys were were away from from Sun Valley Church, it seems like through the teaching that you guys were trained in, raised in, you were able to navigate some of those things, um, although not perfectly. You know that that was able those those teachings were able to help you navigate some of life's decisions, right? And that's, that's an important time of life. You know, those, those early 20 years, um, is, is you're trying to figure out life. You're trying to figure out, you know, what I'm going to do with my job, you know, who am I going to marry, you know, this, that, the next thing. And, um, how do you think that now that you're back, now that you're back at Sun Valley and here and serving and doing these different things, how do you think that will impact how you operates going forward, how you operate as parents, how you operate as, you know, as you work in the school districts, um, you know, how, how does, how does the teaching and preaching and the things that you're, you're sitting under weekly now, how does that help you manage your day-to-day lives? Um, and what does that look like going forward for you? Yeah, well, that's that's a great question. That's kind of the key, right? Applying, applying these truths that we sit under, you know, week in, week out, day in, day out. Um, but I think the the biggest, you know, takeaway from from our sermons, our teaching style and strategies is that we look at the person and work of Christ, and everything is, everything is. He's the standard. His word is the standard. So how does that apply to all of these decisions, small decisions and and big decisions, parenting decisions, and you know how you're going to drive? So all of all of the things that, super fast, right? <laughs> speed limits don't matter. I hit the speed limit and then set it right there. Not a not a. I hit the cruise control. Yeah. At don't battle that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, but the how, how we uh, see and we have Christ presented to us every every week uh, in our in our worship, um, in our musical worship, uh, in our Sundays, uh, in our seminars, in our uh, you know in the sermons and in the youth too. Uh, you know, I have little ones, and so to see them, you know, being taught principles of truth is Christ is the standard. Christ is the image. Um, uh, his his love and work is the um, 
the model that is presented to us, and then we go out and apply it um, in our in our decisions. And so I think how we oftentimes are faced with um, you know the impossibility standard of you know love Christ with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. Well, that's an impossible task. So we get certainly feels like you know beat down in our inability uh but it is perfectly pictured in the ability of the one that we call our lord and savior and so to be reminded of that really i need that i need to be reminded of my inability and my lack and my lack of strength and all of those things i need that reminder that um you know pride Pride is certainly there, and pride is beaten back every Sunday. And so uh, to then be humbled uh, by the person and work of Christ and then apply that humility, apply that love to my family, coworkers, everything is the goal. Yeah, Yeah, no. Going off what Chris is saying, the standard of Christ, um, I'm sure you're seeing your insufficiencies with your kids and coworkers and everything every day. And it's just a guess, though. Yeah, uh, just a guess, just a you know, just a hunch. Um, but yeah, being a, a school teacher, I struggle with that just about every day. Because um, you get all these kids that they don't know Christ at all. And they live according to the way of the world. And their standard is not Christ. Um, so to deal with them in a Christ-like attitude is is difficult and sometimes you lose sight of that and then there's pockets in the day where it's like okay i was just really rude to that kid or i was really not christ-like over and over and over so just to have that standard of teaching where you're just thinking about that constantly and and praying through that and having your intentional time in the morning like i need to be in the word Mm -hmm. every day otherwise i can't I can't deal with these kids the way Christ would. Mm. So like if I'm if I'm struggling in my reading or struggling in my devotional life, struggling with my prayer life, struggling with um I don't know, like being involved with Christ. Um yeah, I see that day by day. Mm. Um so yeah, I would say that the teaching of the church, the the sovereignty of God um, that has really stood out to me. That's really played a factor in my life. Just knowing that, Hey, that situation, that wasn't an accident. That interaction with the student wasn't an accident. Just to take those pockets where kids are like, what's the meaning of life, Mr. Vickers? I can easily like be like, Oh, let's move into the content or avoid it. Or I could say like, well, I know I'm my meaning of life and the true meaning of life and reality. Um, is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Mm-hmm. And kids will hear that and be like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and then you unpack it as the year goes by. Um, cause kids will find out that I'm a Christian. I go to church and they're usually pretty kind of taken aback by that because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a science teacher, right? Yeah. Faith and science, those yeah. don't intermix, right? right. Those right. are separate things. Um, so just getting those opportunities and then, trusting God. Um, I know I was in this course this past year where we were looking at, um, I don't know how to evangelize or how to, uh, be Christians in our work. Mm -hmm. Um, and just to 
pray faithfully every day. Like, hey, God, give me these opportunities. Help me to be bold because naturally I'm not. Yeah. Uh, and just to step out in faithful obedience and try and spread the gospel when you can. Try and say truth when you can because um, it's easier just to avoid those. Uh, and I confess, sometimes I do. Yeah. Like there was one time, always comes to my mind. My failures always come to mind first. Yeah. Uh, I was talking about the cell theory and we were going through the three points. One of them was like, every cell comes from a pre-existing cell. One of the kids was like, what about the first cell? And I was like, it's a great conversation, but we got to get to the content. And looking back on it, I'm like, I screwed up there. Mm. Like I should have said, well, and I talked with Josh Phillips about this later on. He's like, yeah, that's where you could say like, hey, some people believe that Big Bang, you know, the cell came out of nothing. Some people believe that God yeah. created everything. And like, you could go down that rabbit hole. Um, and yeah, so I have, I have situations where I fail. Mm. I just fall flat on my face. Mm -hmm. And other times where God is faithful, God works um, and gives me that boldness. So just thinking about that throughout my day to day, mm -hmm. which is, again, I'm like so focused, like I got to teach this, I got to get through this. Um, but which to is take good. those pockets, yeah. Which is good, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like that's, you're supposed to, yeah. you're supposed to be that way, right? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, taking hold of those opportunities yeah. that, that God lays out there for yeah. you. Definitely, because my job is like, at the end of the day, it's evangelism. Mm -hmm. Like I'm getting these kids every day if they show up <laughs> in and out. And you don't get that opportunity a lot of the time yeah. to get people every day for like an hour. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So to have that kind of impact is a true blessing. Um, and to have Sun Valley Church preaching uh, and teaching is really beneficial yeah. for that kind of thing. So, yeah. 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 Thinking about thinking about our situation, you know, all of us growing up in, in Sun Valley, um, you know, and experiencing the blessings that we have with, you know, the homes that we grew up in and, and you know, the school that we went to and the church that we grew up in. Um, you know, we've each had an opportunity to, to visit other countries um, and seeing seeing what's happening outside of America. Um, you know, we've, we've been tremendously blessed, um, in all these experiences. Um, so, you know, I'm thinking about, thinking about, uh, you know, as we look to the next generation and, you know, our kids coming up and, you know, you have, you have your sister, uh, coming up and, and, the next generation of, of kids who are, who are growing up in, in this church and being parents now with different perspectives or, you know, a brother or an uncle or whatever with a different perspective on, on how we look at the church, you know, what, what would be, um, you know, some encouragement that you would give to, you know, that generation or, you know, some of the, the kids that are in high school now, Luke, I know you're, you're working with me with the junior high and high school students, you know, what would be some of your encouragements that you would give to, to that generation, um, that is, is walking that path now? Yeah. And so I think earlier on when we were going through youth group, we were going through, um, the armor of God and you gave us a book by, 
I think it was like Ian DeGuid. I can yeah. never pronounce his name. I can't either. I don't even try. I say that. And so I was reading that in the sauna. Uh, and people would always, <laughs> always ask me, oh, what are you reading? What's the name? And I'm like, Ian DeGuid. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this guy. Um, but that reminds me of like the first thing you put on to fight the battle. That's the mm-hmm. belt of truth to like get you ready to, it was like to tie away your cloak or something so that you were ready to go. Um, and that's like the first thing when I'm reminded of sun Valley and like these kids coming up is like, put on truth. Mm. We get rich truth here, Mm. which you don't get everywhere else. Like at expository churches that preach the word, um, you get this unique opportunity by the power of the spirit to hear good truth and apply that to life. Um, so the first thing would definitely be truth by the power of the spirit. Obviously, God first, right? But God works through his word to get things done. Hmm. He uses means. Um, so that would be number one. And then who you hang around is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, that's who you're going to become. Uh, so truth and who you fraternize with, who you make friendships with, um, that's going to play pretty much the biggest roles in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, so to be in the church, uh, to make friendships in the church, I see a lot of that happening, um, which is good. I'm really encouraged by that with the youth group kids. It seems like they like each other, uh, which... <laughs> We um, didn't. When we were yeah, I was yeah. like, wow, that's Jeremy nice. never came. Well, <laughs> I remember all my <laughs> all my friends kind of left the youth group, and that's kind of when I, I was like, yeah, I'm kind of, honestly, I was done with yeah, it at that point. Sure. Um, so for the kids to be coming to youth group, to be friends with each other, um, and to know the same truth, uh, yeah, that's really important. Yeah. And I think that'll play a huge role um, throughout their walk, uh, throughout the rest of life, so... That would be my encouragement for them. Yeah. yeah, I I agree. I mean, that's you know well said. With starting with truth, you know what what is objective truth, ultimate truth. Uh, it's a very confusing, very confusing uh, time for youth, and uh, you know as God designed it. Uh, to be coming into your own and thinking and making your own decisions, and so we we have a little bit of a. Um, different situation, uh, Jill and I do, in that we are, as of right now, our kids are going to be in the public school system. And so we're prayerfully it's rough out there. navigating <laughs> that. That's what, no experience. That's what we're, uh, <laughs> we're, we're carefully and prayerfully treading these waters of, um, I don't want to say intentionally putting our kids in danger. That's certainly not the idea, but to also allow them to see what this world is and how this world thinks. Um, just because for me personally, I didn't really experience that in that regard, and so I was a little bit closed-minded. And so for for specifically for my family, for our youth coming up, it is to sit under faithful preaching, um, to be involved in small group and, and, you know, all of these things that we are, our friendship and connection group here within the church is, is very strong. And that's certainly intentional and also joyful, but, uh, you know, our, our public school endeavor is to, um, to be in the world, but not of it. 
Um, and that's going to start at a young age for our guys and, and there's dangers and it's scary. And, um, there's things that we're already seeing in a five-year-old that, um, we can point to the classroom and where he spends a lot of his day and friends that he spends time with. But it is also on the flip side of that very rich of opportunity, uh, just rich of opportunity to, um, dig into that comment or that reaction. Uh, where, where did that come from? It's pretty easy to point it out and pretty easy to, uh, um, speak truth into that moment. And so, you know, growing up in the church and growing up in a Christian school, it wasn't very easy to pinpoint that because I learned it from my Christian buddy, you know, he goes to church too, so it's all good. Right. And so that was confusing for us. We're going to intentionally, um, make it a little bit more obvious of, you know, the line of right and wrong, um, and the line of what's okay and what's not okay and, and why most importantly, why that's not okay. Um, so for, for the youth, I think I, I certainly would agree that, you know, the belt of truth and, and you talked about it with John kind of in the, the stones, the stones podcast a couple of days ago of remembering. And that's what we heard from, um, pastor Harple as well is to remember God's covenant, to remember God's faithfulness. And, you know, I think all three of us can point back to remembering some of those times as a youth and seeing our parents uh, be intentional about going to church and taking us and all of those things. So um, I also would, in, you know, encourage the youth to uh, remember God's faithfulness, either to your family or to, you know, one specific event or whatever that is. Um, and then as the older you get and the more you um, kind of pursue God and make him, you know, yours, then those times are a little bit easier to point back to. So that, that kind of helps with a lot of the reason why, you know, Jill and I are here, like it or not, uh, in that. We like it. Okay. I can say I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeremy's looking at me cross I'm sure he's still out on that yeah. one. Yeah. That's fair enough. Fair enough. Um, that's a large reason why Jill and I are here today in that, um, God was constantly, you know, in our, in our time away from Yakima and from Sun Valley, we were kind of floating around trying to find a church, trying to get plugged in. And it just, for whatever reason or another, it just wasn't really working. And I just remembered the connection at Sun Valley and the, the preaching and the faithfulness and the community and, and, um, the, the, uh, supreme value of Christ within our, our church community. And that was a huge factor for us coming back to Yakima family, you know, starting a growing family, young family. Um, you know, and my parents and brothers obviously had something to do with it, but Sun Valley church had a large reason of why we're here. Um, uh, and a lot of that is because I remember what it was like growing up, you know, in a church, in a church community of friends and family that love you and love God more. Um, so I'm, I can just point back to many different, you know, the men, the men older than us that are, that are aging well. The old heads. Yeah. The old heads <laughs> that are aging well. Or the bald uh, heads. I don't or know. Or the bald heads. Uh, they don't have to be old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, to see them back when we were little guys and they were young dads or just married or whatever they you know they've 
stuck it out and they have been such a testament um, to me personally, I'm sure for you guys too, of their faith and love of God and and their satisfaction and joy in serving and serving their family and serving the church. And um, so another thing, I guess, to answer your question about the youth is to um, look at those people that you respect and why do you respect them? Um, and what is it about them that you respect or want to emulate or want to be like? Um, and I think they all would point to Christ and point to um, his love and affection on, on them. And then therefore their life is changed or whatnot. So I, I always, you know, think back of young, young Rick Lyon, young Josh Phillips, those guys. And, and here they are today, you know, raising teenagers and getting married and all that stuff is, is crazy. Uh, but, um, it's also an awesome, awesome testament to the faithfulness uh, of God in those men. Yeah. Yeah. Paul says in, in first Corinthians, uh, chapter 11, he says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And I know, I think a lot of those men are too humble to, you know, make statements like that. Yeah. Um, but I think we look at, at them and, and, and the women too. I mean, sure. their wives and, and, you know, we, I think we desire to, to imitate them as, as they've imitated Christ. Um, yeah, that's good. That's good. So, well, I, I, I ran into Rick today and, you know, in all of our 20 anniversary stuff, yeah. all of our, all of our party planning, I think it's only natural that we get Rick Lyon back on, on some worship team and have one of those yes. have one of those deals where he's gonna he told me not to mention this I saw him just today but I think that only feels right it does feel to right to get Rick Lyon back up there it does feel worship right. on the acoustic guitar man oh man those were the days <laughs> they were I remember those worship was fire back then yeah yeah so, it was lit no no it was as the kids say it as the kids say yeah uh well guys thank you uh Thanks for walking down memory lane and uh, reflecting on good, God's faithfulness to you individually and, and to the church here. Um, yeah, it's, it's a time to celebrate. God is good. Sure. God's good. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having us, Jeremy. Yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah. Hopefully somebody's encouraged. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> now, church, we love you. Look forward to being with you uh, on Sunday and next week on The Voice of the Valley. Have a great day. Bye.